This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. All right, good morning, everybody. Um, this will be our, uh, it's usually post-game live chat. Yesterday wasn't a real game. We had stuff to do. We were waiting on the announcement. Uh, I guess by the time the Browns ended, we knew it was going to be Houston. We thought it would be Saturday, but we weren't sure. So um, now we know. So this will be Civilized Barking, our, our, our live chat. Um, don't have the exact content schedule for the week, but we know you guys are excited. You should be. Um, this has been fun. And, and Jason, let's start um, big picture here. Like, who knows, right? And and I, I have a fair level of confidence. I would caution people against overconfidence um, this week. But this team is is equipped to make a run, and there should be urgency. And that has nothing to do, really, with quarterback uncertainty. Um, you know, the Browns have created some magic, right? And And they have... Obviously, overcome adversity. They've obviously proven uh, better, mentally tougher, more cohesive, more adaptable than previous teams. And you just don't know when this stuff is going to happen. All right. This isn't a league where two weeks ago was a long time. And they've proved that even in winning 11 games. Right. But so, so not to say now or never, or not that you want anybody to play like the world's on their shoulders because that usually leads to bad results. But if there's going to be a January, um, to remember, you know, it seems like this one, and, and I feel like that there's a real chance that the Browns can at least get to the second game and just be a team that nobody wants to have to play against. Well, I'll go a step further. I was talking to my wife last night, and uh, my son qualified for like regional swimming championships in Cincinnati. February 4th. I'm like, well, that's good because if the Browns go to the Super Bowl, that's their week off. <laughs> so that's how far out we're planning this, that I'm planning in my daughter's birthday that weekend. So we're building our family schedule around the Super Bowl this year, which I'm pretty sure, other than booking a cruise a couple of years ago, foolishly around the Super Bowl dates, I think that was the Freddie year, and I'm an idiot for that, or I don't remember now. I've never worried about January and February uh, until now. This team is real. They strike heart. They strike fear in the heart of, I believe, every other team in the AFC. The AFC is so good. I was watching that Miami Buffalo game last night. Uh, I mean, there's just Kansas City is still Kansas City. I don't care what anybody says. This is a really good AFC. But I fully expect the Browns to go into Houston and win that game. Uh, I, you know, they're favorite, right? Didn't you say they're point and a half favorites? Yeah, it's road? up to two and a half as of this morning. Yeah. To, uh, how? How? Now you know this stuff better than I do. You follow this much closer than I do. How rare is that to be a road favorite in the playoffs? I would say fairly rare. Now, not extremely rare because of the, they do use the division system, right? right. So you, you you will have flat-out stronger teams. And, you know, the Texans are the first team ever, Jason, with a rookie coach and rookie quarterback uh, to win a division. So, you know, people are looking and saying, and obviously the Browns were up 36-7 to seven there just, just three weeks ago. Now, without C.J. Stroud, that's a completely – uh, that's right. Yeah. D- different game. Right. But yeah, no, I, I was not surprised that they're favored. And, and I do think um, that they'll win. L- look, what's the strongest unit on the field? It's the Browns defense. Right. And um, back when we didn't know who was going to be the quarterback week to week for multiple reasons, we would just say this defense can drag them there. And this defense can make the Browns an annoying opponent that absolutely no one wants to see in a one and done situation. That was before the offense revved up 
And, you know, against this Texans defense, now multiple guys were missing for various reasons. Um, you know, Amari Cooper just set a franchise record, <laughs> um, you know, with 265 yards and inside Flacco can throw it to fucking Galveston, right? And, and they can run under it and go. And resting guys was the right thing. Um, be, you know, having everybody ready, Oboe being back is potentially a huge deal. You know, um, Jerome Ford getting a week with his legs, Amari Cooper getting two weeks with his legs, even a Joku who is, is still young. Like th- that should be a big, that should be a big deal. So don't throw it to the other team, make your kicks. You know, those are real concerns, right? Um, in an even up game, the Browns are better. So one thing the Texans have been really good at, um, is, is winning the turnover margin. And the Browns have won in spite of not being really good at that. They've, they've created a bunch more as the season's gone along. They haven't really won the turnover margin. I think it's only 14 all year, the lowest in the league, the Texans turn the ball over. Um, and I think Stroud is like the first rookie, something like that, to have, or, or maybe the highest percentage ever in terms of interceptions to touchdowns for a rookie, something like that. He's been good. Um, can the Browns pressure him and force him into mistakes? Yes. You know, his, his best receiver or second best receiver Tank Dell is lost for the season. They had two other guys, veteran guys who are journeymen, but you know have helped them all year. Didn't play last week, and that was a playoff game for them. So that tells me those are real injuries, right? That this wasn't week seven, week eighteen guys sitting out. So you know they have it going with Stroud and Nico Collins. They found something with Devin Singletary, who was really just a guy, just a backup in Buffalo, and they will have much better defensive personnel. But I, I just see a Browns team that can score enough. And then turn it over to that defense to either, you know, build the lead that you protect or get you out of jail, which they've done really with few exceptions all year long. Uh, real quick, I, I, it came up in Kevin's post game, and I know it's sort of a little bit of a talking point, although I think most people understand it about if you want to keep the rhythm or if you want to rest guys. And Batonio told me on his way out that he hasn't felt this good since week one. So that's reason enough right there that they made the right call and sitting on those guys. Obviously, Joel said the back a little bit here and there. But he said he feels great to get all those guys off their feet for the week, especially the linemen, uh, is huge. So that was absolutely the right call. Um, Hopkins, do you think there's any chance he can go? Um, I don't believe so. I don't believe there's a plan. There's a thought that he's going to play. So is he done I think going? on several guys, they're not going to know. Yeah, well, I think Kev- Kevin has framed it as week to week, but I think it was always multiple weeks. So there, there's going to be some guys that they – legit don't know for a couple of days but the vibe i get is that riley patterson is the kicker until further notice so uh those guys have all been in there working around the clock i think that was the exact quote that that amari used yesterday um but yes anybody who complains about yesterday or sitting guys is just someone looking for something to complain about right like you needed betonio teller cooper Garrett, you needed all those. I don't even think Miles practiced one day. I think he suited up for practice one day last week. You know, you need him fresh. Uh, potentially Oboe getting back. Zadarius having a week. You know, uh, JOK. All of those guys. I mean, this is this has been a grind. So having those guys back is huge. And there's absolutely zero um, reason to to argue or complain about that. So Delpit is eligible this week, and I, I truly don't know. Um, Ten or so days ago, I got uh, off the record. It eh, probably not, but the door was not closed on him. So we we will see 
on that. Uh, Ronnie Hickman and D'Anthony Bell have played well. Now, would you rather have Delpit? Sure. Uh, I think with Thornhill with the calf lingering, I'm not sure if you can count on him being back at any point. So we'll see. So that that probably makes Delpit more important. Thornhill's a guy that I mean, he's really, he's not made many plays for the Browns this year, but he's played in a lot of big games. And it was that pedigree and that range that brought him there. So, you know, having your corners healthy, um, Newsom was never going to play last week, guys. I don't think it's a major injury. I think they expect Greg Newsom to be on the practice field tomorrow. I, I don't think I'm. I think that that kind of covers um, all all of the bases there. So, you know, well, what about? Tillman, yeah, I was just going to say we talked about it yesterday. You think Pierre Strong is a is a big deal? How big? How significant do you think is the Tillman Strong situation? Well, Tillman, you know, it's two separate ones. I mean, Tillman plays receiver starter snaps. Now he doesn't do much. Um, but you know, that would, that would bump up David Bell and, and listen, David Bell did it yesterday in, in the scrimmage and David Bell has been a key figure in two of the biggest wins all year, uh, the Niners and Jacksonville. So if they need him, they trust him to get to the right spot and, and we'll see if he does, uh, Elijah Moore getting back, I think is a much bigger deal. And I think you'll see him out there playing like almost a hundred percent of the snaps, especially if Tillman is out. Uh, and he's in a concussion protocol, so you can't really expect him to be cleared in five days. But Pierre Strong is is one of the best, if not the best, special teams player that this team has. And even though his offensive touches are few, he's fast enough to make an impact in that. So um, you don't see a guy get carted off with a back injury. I, I, I'm just going to guess that he just he couldn't do it. Like, he couldn't walk. Uh, yeah. I was surprised when they announced back injury. I, I don't know the extent on that. They think Shelby Harris is going to be okay, and that's potentially a big deal. So I think that's all the injuries. And then again, like like with Delpit, with Thornhill guys, like Wednesday or tomorrow's practice doesn't mean anything. That's a normal Wednesday practice. If you see those guys back for the second practice of the week, then they're probably going to be in. And now Delpit is a situation that he could be designated for return and then not actually activated this week if they want to get out and see. But I kind of got the vibe that that the initial thought was more of five, six weeks, and this is only four. So he is eligible, and we'll see there. Um, you know, you, you need both running backs, um, and I think I think they've done a nice job. I, I think. Look, what did Flacco play? Five games. So this is yeah. kind of a bye week, and and we've seen Browns offenses in the past come out right. The quarterback and the coach and AVP get together, and, and they start picking things out. And for Flacco's arm, it's incredible, but it really, Jason, is his right has been his grasp of the offense. And obviously he's opened up pages of the playbook by being able to throw those deep ones that they couldn't before. But really he should only benefit from looking and saying, Okay, um, I feel more comfortable with this. We feel like we're gonna get this look here, and I don't feel like it here. And they've proven um good enough to overcome one interception. He can't go out and have a three interception game. But you got to live with it thrown down the field. And, you know, not to say that Amari will have 265 again or 165. But I think if you think the Browns are going to go score 24 or 28 um, on Saturday and win this game, you're probably looking at Amari Cooper. 12 targets, 14 targets, six, eight catches, and certainly over 100 yards. Ultimately, it probably doesn't matter because if Flacco goes down, the season goes down. Who do you think the backup quarterback is on Saturday? I thought Jeff Driscoll going in had a chance to supplant P.J. I don't think Kevin trusts P.J. We've talked about it before. The turnovers are just – you can't trust that guy. Driscoll really didn't show a lot on Sunday. He was talking to a couple of guys. It's like, hey, it's one week of practice. He's working with backups. Didn't have a whole lot of time. 
Do you think, and Kevin wouldn't answer it after the game, he wouldn't talk about it. Do you think Driscoll is the backup next week, or do you think they're going to stick with PJ? I think Kevin's actions, um, forget his facial expressions, show that he wants PJ Walker nowhere near the field. <laughs> so I could be wrong on that because Driscoll's only been here a week and he wasn't exactly like, right? <laughs> Um, I think Driscoll's more likely to come in and run the two-point conversion plays or the short yardage plays, although I still think they'd probably more likely go to Harrison Bryant. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. And and the thing to watch, too, guys, is they could or they probably will end up cutting whoever it's not going to be and try to bring that player back on the practice squad to create a roster spot for someone else. And in an ideal world, that's someone else's Delpit. but you might need to bring up another receiver. You know, you're going to certainly need, if Pierre Strong doesn't play, a running back. And then that leads to, okay, where do we get now an extra safety to, if Thornhill doesn't play, or linebacker um, to take these special teams reps? I mean, Strong's your best gunner. He's your primary punt, kick returner. Now, Prochet plugs right in there and can do that, but it's to trickle down. It's to fall. So, um, like I said, you know, what does a Browns win look like? Well, obviously it's Flacco throwing 285 and into Cooper. Um, it's, you know, it's offensive balance and then it's turning it over for the, for the defense to close it. It's making your kicks. That's a concern. You probably, you know, the range is obviously open to playing here um, in the dome because you would think the second week in either Baltimore or Buffalo, you're going to be playing in shit weather um, more than likely. But the early forecast for Buffalo Pittsburgh is, is Gus up to 55 miles an hour. So um, in, that, in that regard, this draw is good. So, the, and again, guys, uh, I know we're kind of new here on Brown's playoffs since this is the fourth time in 25 years since the team came back. Um, it's not a true bracket. If, if, if the Browns win and the home teams win otherwise, they will play in Baltimore next week. But um, Baltimore will play whoever the lowest seeded team is. So, if the Steelers or the Dolphins were to win, the those teams would go to Baltimore and the Browns would go to the highest remaining seed. So, you know, no one expects the Steelers to win, but no one expects the Steelers to be here. And then Miami, you know, they're a dangerous team. They played KC close the first time. It's going to be minus six degrees there. So we'll see how that goes. The Chiefs are certainly vulnerable. But I agree, Jason. Like, and I want to say this too, guys. Um, I think the Browns are the only team in the AFC that can beat the Ravens. It doesn't mean that they will. And it's certainly, you know, if that is the game next week, the Ravens are going to be a touchdown favorite, and that's going to be right. But I think they're the only team that can do it because of this defense, the way it's built to keep up and frustrate Lamar, and because the key to the Ravens' defense is those linebackers that are so freaking fast, and the Browns have the guards to get on them. They they, they do. So... That, that's what I think. Yeah, again, it's not a given the Browns get there. It's not a given that's the matchup. Um, that's what I think. So we're going to take you, you – know, I'm going to have a piece for tomorrow looking at the Texans, what they're about, um, you know, what, if anything, you learned from playing against Case Keenum, uh, what the Browns can carry over, blah, blah, blah. You know, but, again, it, it just comes down to, you know, don't, don't melt with, with missed kicks or turnovers or penalties. Um, and get the rush and make Stroud get rid of it. And so we'll see. Um, when they had Tank Dell and Nico Collins healthy, they were rolling. Collins missed a couple of games, but he's been on a tear. He had like 190 yards on Saturday night when they beat the Colts. Uh, he's a big, fast guy, third-year guy. He was 
one of those guys that was probably always a developmental guy and he was waiting for a real quarterback, like a lot of receivers are, <laughs> right? Why is Amari Ray Cooper been smiling for months now? <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I, I really think with the way Njoku and Cooper are going, the Browns will score enough points and in between Garrett and, and whoever else in the defense, they'll make a play. Uh, anything else we want to cover here, Jason, before we get to a couple questions? No, I, I lost my connection and swooped back in. I just got back in. So let's oh, okay. take a question or two and get out of here. Yeah. So I think we've um, kind of touched on it here. Ben asked biggest concern for the Browns. You know, that would be the turnovers. That's where the Texans have kind of made their hay is one of the league's best turnover margins and, and the fewest actual turnovers. Um, the Texans can score, so um, we we will see. But I, I think, you know, w- with the Browns' defense and the way that they're capable of scoring now in a hurry and throwing it vertically, um, they didn't have Will Anderson, their rookie pass rusher, in the first game. Their best, their most consistent pass rusher all year, Jonathan Greener, got hurt on, like, the third play of the game. Their starting corner, Steven Nelson, got hurt on the second drive of the game. And Jimmy Ward, their veteran safety, got hurt on, like, the second or third drive of the game. So did all of those things contribute to Cooper's big day? Yes. Was Flacco still just throwing it a mile and Amari was running under it and, you know, other guys were getting involved? Yes. I think, I think we're all happy as hell just to see Elijah Moore back in practice and back in uniform after that scary um, concussion that forced him to spend the night in the hospital. But him being fully cleared is a big deal because he'll be able to practice this week. Um, you know, we saw early in the year the Browns trying to force him the ball and it just wasn't working for for whatever reason, it's usually reasons. It just wasn't a fit, and there was all sorts of rhythm problems. I mean, this team couldn't get David Njoku the ball for six weeks, right? Yeah. You yeah. take away September, and David Njoku is Ozzy Newsom on turbo speed. <laughs> look, look at these ridiculous numbers. Um, what Cooper and Njoku have done over the last month with Flacco as the quarterback is really impressive, and playing in a dome is only going to help them put up those numbers. So, you know, I still think Njoku's more likely to catch it triple covered, falling down with his eyes closed. Uh, but he has made more catches. And, man, when he gets a little space, he's hard to tackle. And that's what they wanted to get to. So, um, and, and again, defensively, you're not going to have everybody, but you should have most of your guys back. Uh, but, all right, look, I wanted to say this, too. I'm going to write about this for earlier in the week. Let's go back a little bit here, Jason. You know, the number one thing that ruins offseason analysis is actual games and results, right? But I think it was a fair thought to say, hey, if Jim Schwartz turns out to be this be- this team's best offensive acquisition they're gonna, or, def- or off-season acquisition, yeah. they're going to have a chance to be pretty good. And he wouldn't have done it without also getting Dalvin Tomlinson, right? And you know, other guys have stepped up. Uh, and, and Zadarius and Oboe, obviously, too. But, like, he's been really good. And since week one, they've, they've done what they have to do. And, again, they, it hasn't been perfect. They've given up big plays. They've given up points. But in all but one or two cases, they've delivered. And I think the resilience they showed in the Chicago game, the Jacksonville game, um, very different circumstances. But, you know, at times when it wasn't perfect and the defense needed to stop, they always got it. And I think Schwartz kind of saw that not as the culmination, but as the proof of, like, we got this really we got this really going. And Emerson's healthy. Again, I'm expecting Newsom to be healthy. They've been playing Ward at 50% or 60% or less since he came back. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, they're, they're going to be a hell of a matchup for the Texans to face on Saturday. Can't wait for it. We'll both be there. Uh, and we'll pot about it after the game. 
So uh, we'll have you covered all week long, guys. Appreciate you, you listening, reading. Um, we got work to do. Like I said, I'm, I'm writing about Schwartz. I'm going to go, I'm going to dive deeper here these next few hours into some Texans stuff. And then everything has moved up a day. So the Browns Wednesday practice, Wednesday injury report, all of that stuff will be tomorrow. Um, you know, Amari, Joel, Miles, they don't practice on Wednesdays. That should change this week, you know. Um, but again, the the Wednesday and Thursday ones are the ones to watch. Delpit being cleared to return is a maybe. It doesn't mean he'll be back, but we'll see on that. I wouldn't expect Hopkins. And then you just you, you kind of see and hope the other guys um, all get back, that everybody came out of, of yesterday and last week ready to go. And they they thought that there might be a Saturday game. They wanted to have everybody ready. Um, it's technically the players off day because that's collectively bargained, but they're in the facility today. They're getting ready to work. And um, obviously it's not all hands on deck with a team that's lost this many guys over the course of the year, but they're going to be really healthy for what they got um, outside of a couple places. And we'll see where it goes. So thanks for listening. Uh, Enjoy it. We have. Talk to you soon.